You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Good afternoon, listeners. Good afternoon, Sid Talk. How are you doing? Good afternoon. Very well. Thank you. Very well. Did you have a pleasant afternoon watching a movie? I did. With me? Oh, with you. Mm. Well, did that make it less pleasurable? No. How do you know I'm not watching movies with other people? Well, I was with you all day. I didn't see you watching movies with anybody. Unless there's an alternate timeline. There is not. This is it. (laughs) I did have a... I always have an enjoyable time watching movies with you. It's part of our thing. It's what we do. And what is the before the after... What were we talking about? Not much, really. We were talking about time in movies, how... Yes, there are... You read a little thing, which we don't need to read a little thing, to tell you about the theories of time travel or whatever in movies. It's pretty obvious. There's only certain things you can do. You can never cross the streams. No. And we also You watched, can't meet um, yourself in the future or the past or all disaster will happen. It feels like we've had a time week because we've watched The Tomorrow War and we've watched Loki. Both dealing with time, you know? Time, time, time is on your side, side, side. Is that a song? I think that's a song. All righty. So it is Saturday. (laughs) It's Saturday, July the 17th. This is after the show, 693. We're a movie review podcast. We review a movie every single week. And this week's review is... The Tomorrow War is a 2021 movie. There is no Blu-ray release date yet, but you can stream this right now on Amazon Prime Video. It's PG-13, and our friends at Amazon let us watch it early. Not early, they just let us watch it. We're not special, Sid Talk. Really? Well, they just don't know yet. Do I need to send them an email? Yeah. Okay. So give us the synopsis, Sid Talk. You make one up, and then I'll give you the real one. Make one up? I actually saw it. I don't have to make one up. Oh, do you mean the synopsis? Right. Well... Tomorrow war. So in the future, there's a war of some sort. Spoiler. There's an alien involved and somebody, spoiler, humans need to stop it. Now. Is that on the box? I don't think you're supposed to say spoilers in the synopsis. (laughs) I think. Spoiler. Spoiler. Tomorrow war is about a war tomorrow. Hello. Alert. Alert. But it's not actually tomorrow, is it? No. Mm. It's not very accurate. All right. So I'll give you We just always call the future tomorrow because... I'll give you the one off the box. A family man is drafted to fight in a future war where the fate of humanity relies on his ability to confront his past. Oh, that's not very good. That that sell it oversells that one tiny little portion of the whole entire story. Basically, it's Fast and the Furious. It's all about family at the end of the day, right? I mean, it wasn't really, though, was it? (laughs) But but it tried to be right in the very end. Kind of. But no, I'm not sold on that. that I think everything's about family at the moment in Hollywood. Everything. Mm. I mean, that's all right. Yeah. We're family. It's all right. All right. We're cool. We're cool. So give me your opinion of the movie The Tomorrow War that we just saw. I enjoyed it. I'm not going to say it's great or that it's like, you know, a great science fiction movie because it borrows lots of tropes from lots of other science fiction and future movies. In case you haven't ever listened to our podcast before, science fiction, future shit, that's sort of my favorite, mix the zombies in there of any kind, future, past, whatever, bad, good, quality, I don't care. Zombies my favorite, but future sci-fi, future worlds, aliens, outer space, that's my thing. And so as far as that goes, 
I'm going to enjoy it almost no matter what. Even Jason in space, okay? I admit it. Did you watch that? I can enjoy that shit. I don't think I have, but I would. So for this one, because I just really like the the premise that they kind of put out there, you know, uh, you have to do that thing where in the very beginning, when some people from the future come back in the middle of a soccer slash football game and the whole world's watching, they come through this like wormhole and ta-da, there's an alien in the future. It's killing everybody. You have to help. And then we are instantly on board. That's a bit hard. That's a hard sell, but you just got to go with it <laughs> because we're talking about like next year, right? 2022 or 2023 was when we're starting the timeline. Can and I just 20, say? 51 is when the shit hits the fan. And for some reason in that 30 years, we have built the ability to travel in time. So you have to put on your little helmet that defies logic and just go with that. I want to say that they give us the announcement in the middle of a soccer match. Why not the Super Bowl? I think they were just being different. Yeah, but also it, is the guy who made it British by any chance? No, American. I mean, he just likes football, soccer. Yeah. Plus, it was Christmas. Super Bowl's not at Christmas time. Oh, uh, and neither is soccer. Well, it was the World Cup. They said. Oh, that's definitely not at Christmas. <laughs> you sure? Yeah, absolutely. It's in July. The World Cup. Well, they were just. Well, it's twenty twenty. It's next year. So <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe things have changed a lot in the future because of COVID. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Which we don't mention in this movie at all. The World Cup takes place at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was all about. I think it was just to be different. Because, I mean, how boring is it when every stupid thing where people, movies have everybody gathered around to sort of like the lighthearted barbecue and party watching either baseball or American football. You know, why not be different? Yeah, let's. why not be different? But let's also be the same because I feel like I've seen that se- that sequence yeah, like I said, every movie that does it. Uh, yeah, a hundred times. But least. I mean, you, people do that. People gather yeah. and do things around sporting events. It's not, uh, eh, yeah, it's a real thing. That one we watched recently with uh, Greenland, with, weren't they doing that on that one? They were in, all in a house watching something on the TV. Yep. Yeah. Well, they were just gathered for a party and the TVs were on. Right. But I mean, that's what people do. So I, I can buy that. All right, so what I'll say about The Tomorrow War is I really enjoyed it, but I can see that it's quite dumb, the story. <laughs> I mean, it's full of every trope and cliche that you can possibly imagine from these type of movies. And I would put it in the category, I said to you, alongside Independence Day. Uh, hold on, it- hold on. Okay, this is a man who's in love with the movie Armageddon. And I bet he wasn't going to mention Armageddon as being one of those dumb I movies. I was going to mention <laughs> Okay, good. <laughs> Because, so I mean, come on. I'd put it with Armageddon, Independence Day, The Day After Tomorrow, 2012, uh, Geostorm. Ugh. Yeah, but th- some of those are better than others. Yeah, they are, but Let's they're all in a category. You could sit and watch them and, you know, it would all all flow together kind of thing because they're all pretty much the same. The core. The core oh. is definitely one. Yeah. All these are varying levels of quality. <laughs> So don't like, don't think we're recommending all these. No, and this movie is varying levels of quality throughout the actual runtime of it. I thought. true. Like it, sometimes it's great. Sometimes I'm rolling my eyes because some of the dialogue's just stupid, incredibly. Absolutely. Stupid. There's a little bit of like, what? Sometimes I'm like, uh, this is all about science, but this science doesn't hundred percent make sense a lot of the time. So I would just have to go with it. Okay. Yeah. You know, don't think about like, don't think too harshly or too deeply about like. Yeah, don't, don't think too hard about 
about seven timelines snowmobiles being able to go across enough territory in a frozen tundra to find a spaceship buried in a cave many, many thousands of feet well, below. <laughs> it's the movie convenience. You, you just have to let go of reality. And just that's why I like science fiction. Sometimes you have to surrender to it. And that's kind of fun sometimes. Yeah, it's full of the sci-fi conveniences. Like, we're here, we're there. You know, we have to mm-hmm. go across halfway across the world. Oh, all of a sudden, we're there. We have to go Oh, halfway. I like that, though, because it kind of reminds me of some, you know, just TV shows that do that. And one of them in particular would be... The X-Files. Uh, the X-Files does that for sure, but I wasn't thinking of the X-Files. Uh, blasphemer. I was thinking of Designated Survivor. <laughs> Yeah, it's that. one of those where it just moves, moved. It's canceled now, but moved along so quickly. You just had to go along for the ride. Yeah. So I enjoyed this. Um, I enjoyed it definitely a lot more than I did Geostorm, which oh was the last one we saw. It was so bad. It was yeah. actually bad. And that was by the guy who did um, Independence Day. It just was terrible. <laughs> yeah, that just goes to show you. You're yeah. only as good as your best thing. And that doesn't mean you're good on everything. But this one is quite enjoyable, and it's a different idea. I didn't expect the, you know, the whole the setup of it, which we explained earlier, of going to the future to fight a war that we're already involved in. And, and when we say war, we have to clarify. This isn't a war between, like, people or a war with aliens. There is an alien who's eating everybody. That's it. Not just one. I'm saying there's an alien species that is eating everyone. Yes. Killing and eating every human. And we saw horses also. So they're decimating the planet. That is the war that is being fought. And it's in the future. And we sent, we're we sending, we've decided to send the public basically to fight this war because... We they, ran out of soldiers. We keep running out. Yeah, we're and we're running out of soldiers. We're also running out of public. But we just keep sending them for some reason. Just in this endless... Again, you got to just go with the flow yeah. on that one. <laughs> I mean, we're going to die anyway, so fuck it is, what, is what's happening, I think. It seems to be the vibe. Yeah. So just keep sending them. Maybe somebody will fix something. I kind of liked the thing where they look you up so they've got technology from the future. They can look you up because like we can look up ourselves now, right? Or we can stalk ourselves online and figure out where we've lived and our old phone numbers and all that shit. Well, they look up every person because they have the future now. And this is part of the thing is they look up your death date. And because they're sending you past your death date, you won't have any risk of encountering yourself. Yeah, that's I mean, cool. That's, they did that in one sentence, but I kind of appreciated that little throwback or whatever nod to the science fiction timey-wimey shit. So that was pretty fun. And also cool visuals, like when they put you in that machine to, oh, yeah. to you know. And I would have to say there's good visuals in this. Mm-hmm. The creature design is excellent, if not derivative of other creature designs, but we've seen creatures like it before, including, what, like two weeks ago when we watched A Quiet Place 2. They were kind of like it. I mean, but that's the vision of alien species, right? Is some sort of like alien insect, but giant and super, super pissed off. That's yeah. kind of the vibe. But this one's particularly well done. Um, it looks good when it's running about. It's like It's like the Terminator. It doesn't stop. It just keeps coming. They kind of communicate with each other, which we saw a bit of at the beginning, but then it kind of got lost a bit, I thought, towards the end. That's why I wanted them to focus a little more on what I picked up on was the potential that these are thinking. They kind of come off as just these bugs that are just killing everything, but in fact, they communicate and they're thinking. So you're like, well, they came from space. They're in these things when they do find the ship. More spoilers, they're sort of like in these containment things. So one theory is... 
well, they've brought them to different planets to be the weapon, or maybe maybe these creatures are the smartest that they've found out in space, and they're you know whatever. But they're they're something. They're not just like dumb bug creatures. No, and when their queen gets captured, they all come and rescue her. So I think not... that's more instinct. That's what we're kind of Is playing that like with a, that idea. Like how a bee works. Like yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I'm not a botanist. Or, not a botanist. What's a bug person? Etymologist? Yeah. Entomologist? Now, Somebody out in the crowd, please let us know. Talking about stupid things that in this movie, <laughs> there was one stupid thing that really bugged me a bit. That kind of took me out of it. Bugged you. Is when they had found the queen and they just like chained her up in that room and then she kept saying we have to give it this like tranquilizer every hour Mm -hmm. but there wasn't anybody assigned to doing that and it looked (laughs) like they kept forgetting like oh she's fine she's fine i kept looking through the window and i was like any second that thing's gonna wake up and just kill everybody here and they're just like oh we just got this work to do but there's no guy in there like with the syringe just waiting i was like what's going on also when it was in that room they devised this like elaborate like harness around it to stop it from getting out but they could have also put it in that cage it was in earlier yeah to uh make it more secure i was like oh my why are you leaving it out like that (laughs) because if you don't leave it out it can't escape Uh, yeah and when its friends come to rescue it they literally just rip it out of its thing and it's done so yeah there was a lots of times where i was kind of you have to suspend you have to suspend but i was sat watching it and i was like going through those scenarios in my head like oh hold on (laughs) you know it's gonna wake up yeah (laughs) and you're all just what having some dinner in that room well stop having your dinner keep looking at it so there was that stuff there's like the movie kind of consists of three giant action sequences really if you think about it Mm -hmm. there's the part at the beginning where they get dropped into the future and then we get to meet them and there's a little mission that they put them on to get these vials out of this that was a total sci-fi star trek mission right you are now on a search and rescue mission (laughs) that's so sci-fi tropey and it's super action-packed and it's very suspenseful and you meet the alien things and you're like oh this is really cool and then you know it goes to there's a section in the middle where they're dealing with the queen of the species and there's a part where you're going in this nest to try and get her and then there's another part where she's on a big oil rig where they're trying to keep her that's like one giant big sequence and then there's the finale which takes place in alaska is that right uh russia Remember? They can't Russia, get into that's Russia. True. That's right. So it's a, a snowy sequence. Correct. It's like the last level in a video game where you get the different biomes, as they call them. The first one's in the city, the second one's in the... True. ...in the desert, and the third one's in the snow. We're not saying this is super creative. No. I and mean, it, you can't make a genre movie and make everything up new, otherwise you're not a genre movie. But as far as the three big action sequences went, I was into all of them. You know, there's things, you know, the thing I hate about action movies where things fall off things. Mm -hmm. Like, think of the final sequence Mm -hmm. of Die Hard spoilers. (laughs) Well, it's 25 years old, I think, so we're good. Think of that, and that's my most unsatisfying ending to any movie, because it's like, oh, really? Come on. Nah, that one's all right. Well, that was kind of like the first time we saw it. Nah. No, no, no. no. Well, it was for me. It wasn't. It's in lots of old movies. No, no, actually it was in The Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) So that might have been the first time I saw it. But the results of that a couple of times here, and I was like, oh, are you really going to do that twice? Having things fall off things? They did. And that's kind of lame to me. I don't think anybody finds it lame, just me though. So maybe that's fine. I find it lame. So there's two of us. Hmm. Oh, do I not count? Okay. (laughs) 
Yeah, do you think there were parts where it looked shitty? Come, occasionally there was a little bit of ragdolling going on whenever they had lots and lots of creatures or lots and lots of people falling and hitting things. Yeah, a little bit. But it didn't really look cheap. So, And there's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. The lady from Punch Drunk Love, I thought she was going to be a major character, but she turned out not to be. Nora. Yeah, that that was there was a bunch of that stuff at the beginning where I was like, oh, we're establishing this, we're establishing that. But and it was then, good that they didn't do that. Yeah, they I think let they were that just go. To what, be we're, what it looked like is we're establishing this ensemble of ragtag normal people who now have to go to the future to fight this war, and they've never held a gun, and one of them's a chicken, and one of them's like she turns out to be really brave, and you know. But then uh, it isn't that. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of... It's a little, not that at all. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good, but don't... You have to turn your brain off a bit. Absolutely. I do. I am kind of drawn towards this kind of giant sci-fi movie. I do like it. Mm-hmm. But if I had anything, complaints about the main plot of anything, is there was nothing surprising to me it ended like i thought it was going to end yeah but did you know what they were did you think that i was a little bit surprised that they actually discovered a spaceship because now when they go back to the normal 2022 people right right which we don't ever end up seeing really i mean we see them come home and hey look everybody it says to do with the aliens well we've just discovered there are actual aliens Right, so you'd be so shitting that's a big yourself. Deal. <laughs> exactly. So that's like a big deal. Yeah. You would also be like, as a person in that world, oh, remember when we were watching that football game and all that shit happened? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that could happen at any time or we could just all die at any second. Correct. Right, so yeah, it wouldn't be a really a happy-go-lucky world afterwards. No, I don't like the movies, and they this one did it, where they joke after like tons of, obviously, tons of people have died, people we've met, come to get familiar with, and then boom they blow up or get eaten by the alien and oh ha 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 let's just lay here and rest a bit is one of the last lines i think of the whole movie it's really crass yeah they they do rely on like one line or type break the tension kind of deals yeah but they're a bit lame yeah you're right so let's move on to the cast of this movie this the cast is well the lead we haven't really talked about them yet is chris pratt as Dan Forrester. He's the dinosaur whisperer guy and also Star-Lord. I was going to say, you always refer to him as the guy from Jurassic Park, when in fact, that's the last thing I think of. He's the Parks and Recreation bloke as well. Oh, I don't think of that at all. No. So he's in two parks, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it? he's also the Guardian of the Galaxy. Yeah, three parks. That little one. <laughs> so what did you think of Christopher Pratt? I mean, he's all right. I think he's always the same. He's like charming and... I mean, he's fine. He does a good... He's more mature, and so I like that. He's not too awful flippant, but then that's down to the writing, maybe. I mean, he wasn't trying to be cute. He wasn't trying to be Star-Lord. No. So I liked that. Yvonne Strahovski. We don't know if that's right, but that's how we're sticking to it. And this is a spoiler. She plays Muri Forrester. It's actually a spoiler. But how do you like her in this? She's good. I, thought, I mean, there's nobody here who's like, this isn't earth-shattering performance stuff, right? There's some crying, there's some toughness, there's some quiet moments of people resigning the fact that they have to now make amends with each other and all that shit. I mean, that's kind of standard Hollywood fodder. I think she has some of the most emotional scenes, though. Mm, of all. Yeah. I mean, but they're not like, were you crying? No, a little bit. Oh, okay. So it did work. Well, it wasn't her. It was just the idea. Right. So we've seen her in Dexter. I was thinking, like, I went and had a look. Like, oh, I feel like I've seen her in loads of things. But we really haven't. Mm -mm. Dexter is what um, 
what mainly stuck out. And she, she was, was the best thing of that season. She was. J.K. Simmons plays James Forrester. <laughs> tough J.K. Simmons. He's real tough in this, isn't he? Like yeah. He's, he's like a grizzly, grizzled badass, basically. But he's not in it a lot. He's in the third act and you see him Just once. Just enough a, to me. So. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a, he's not in the main crew and he's not in the main body of the movie. So if you're a massive J.K. Simmons fan, unfortunately, you're not going to get him throughout the whole thing. <laughs> And also Betty Gilpin, who I really... I've never seen her before. I don't know who she is. We watched that movie, The Hunt, and she was the best thing about that entire movie. Absolutely. And in this movie, she plays the wife of um, Christopher Pratt. But again, she's not in it very much. I, I wanted to see more of her. I wanted her to go on an adventure or something, but she didn't go on anything, did she? So underutilized, I would say. This is directed by Chris McKay. He is one of the directors of the Lego movies. And that's pretty much what he's done. And his next movie is the Lego Batman movie 2. So guess what? He's worked with uh, Chris Pratt before because Chris yeah. Pratt was the star of the Lego movie. Wasn't that the first thing Chris Pratt did? I think Guardians, wasn't it? Well, I don't think so. I mean, we're on the third Guardians of the Galaxy movies coming up, so. Right, but the Lego movie, the original, was quite a while ago. Hmm. Well, the first thing he probably did was Parks and Recreation. On TV. Yes. Chris McKay, they were um, also involved in the S Star Wars solo movie, but that didn't work out. What do you think of his directing it? I think it's pretty standard. If you wouldn't have told what me, it I'd, is. I'd have thought it was the Independence Day guy. If mm -hmm. you wouldn't have flashed it up, I would have said, yep, that's an Independence Day guy movie. Because it's that. It's, it's that, but not quite. I mean, it looks like that. But not fully. It sounds like that, and it is full of the same dumb jokes, and <laughs> the plot is, you know, kind of a dummy down plot. Uh, let's put it this way. There are different times of time travel movies. There are Christopher Nolan's kind of brand of time travel movie, like Tenet. Okay. Which um, I would say is more highbrow, maybe, and not quite. And then there's these ones, right? There's two types. <laughs> that sounds really snotty, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying Christopher Nolan's is better. I'm just saying this one's kind of for the for uh, the mainstream for the dumb people audience. Because I happen to like it, but you happen to like Tenet too. So I did. But there are a type of person who might. I don't want to offend people. Well, that's the thing. It's not about time travel, though, is it? A, an idea that is confusing and challenging, and actually confusing, like Inception or like Tenet, or you know. Stuff like that where you're sitting there going, what the fuck is going What is actually going on? And Interstellar. You, you question your own self. I don't think Interstellar is that intellectual. I'm I'm not on board with why that everybody loved that one, but whatever. But then there's, it could be any idea. So it's not really the time travel part that is challenging, I don't think, about right. those movies. It's just how it's written. You know, this is a very basic, a father wanting to save his daughter and the world. And we all have to come together as humans, which we don't, because that's not part of this movie, apparently. And that's it. It's a very straightforward. You go forward, you save the world, you come back, the world is saved, and that's it. There's nothing, like, weird and complex about it. So it could be anything, any genre. genre. It could be a zombie movie and still have the same kind of, you know, vibe. Yeah. So at this time in the review, we always look at the IMDb reviews. I like to look at the people who are, leave one star for a movie, no matter what it is. You do. Even if we think it's 10 stars. <laughs> These are the people who don't like this movie. So the first guy says, painfully stupid. This, he says, the special effects in this movie are very good. And it's clear a lot of money went into it. And it's very well made. But unfortunately, it seems to have been written by people who were either A, joking, or B, morons. <laughs> 
I don't need a movie to be brilliant to enjoy it. I don't need it to even be plausible. I do, however, need it to at least look like it's trying to give me an outline of something that would make sense. There is too much stupid in this movie. But here are my top three annoyances. One, with the benefit of 30 years notice of an alien invasion and a time travel portal that can seemingly transport an unlimited amount of people and material both ways, we are meant to believe that the best solution for the entire world would be to fight the aliens with civilians with no training and guns and then backdrop them into the alien hordes to be murdered in their th thousands or hundreds of thousands. Two, when the aforementioned civilians have been slaughtered 10 minutes after arriving in the future, instead of being struck dumb by terror, they all give wisecracks. Correct. <laughs> and three, the ending. Oh, the ending. Just when I thought peak stupidity had been reached, after consulting a child in a high school class, I kid you not, for the solution, the heroes decide not to involve governments of the world and end the alien threat all by themselves. In hand-to-hand -hand combat. I mean, he's, uh, this person is 100% correct. Yeah, I think this person, <laughs> I actually give props to this person. He did give it a 1 out of 10. Took um, a lot of time to uh, write that little he, review. What he put was clear and well stated and none of it was actually untrue. So, well done. Good work, good work, one, one starer. And I'll give you one more because that one was long. This one's a shorter one. Illogical nonsense. They send a guy to the future to help end, an end a war. They ignore him when he comes back with the solution. Then the government spends billions trying to prevent a war, but won't pay for the airfare to Russia to end it. <laughs> that is also true. That's true. <laughs> we can't really argue with the people who don't like this movie. But here's the deal. You can actually... It's okay to not have a severe snotty intellectual and yes i think that's what it is when you draw a line between what you're allowed to like or appreciate or talk about in any intelligent way and then everything else is just complete shit like i just i don't see that line because i can talk to you about movies that <laughs> most people will be like oh my god you're a grown-up why are you watching that movie why are you watching why are you appreciating bob's burgers on such a level like no 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 right not that it's crappy or anything, but you can love a thing that's also crappy and appreciate that, yeah, it's got a little crap going on there. But for some reason, like for you and I with movies, we've seen so many. And the idea of us watching and loving movies is just the movie itself, right? Like this movie exists because someone wrote down an idea and a bunch of people got together and they performed it and they did the sets and the the ideas that we're experiencing through these fictional characters, like for you and I, the level of quality isn't always an issue. True. And you can say, oh, I really, really enjoy that. And I it was crap. <laughs> like, this wasn't crap fully. It's really middle of the road. But for what it is, I like it a lot. It's entertaining. It's yes. literally, when they say popcorn movie, this is what this is. Yeah, it's great for a, we've got a semi-cloudy Saturday afternoon, hanging out. You know, I think it's good. So there are no extras because this is streaming Amazon Prime video. If you've already got Amazon Prime, this movie is waiting for you. So go and watch it. So let me say, I want to give it a score. I'm going to give this uh, a six out of ten. Six. Okay. 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 I forget what I gave it. Let me look on my spreadsheet. Yes, I have a movie spreadsheet. I'm saying seven. All right. Because I give it. I I was engrossed. It's a good length. You know. Yeah. We, well, 
We all like to talk about the length. Size does matter. I do like long movies. I felt like it was actually just right. It was two hours and 18 minutes. There were no false endings. There was no double up ending. I mean, as much as I love Poltergeist, that movie does it right. But any other movie since then, I'm always like, ugh, come on. You know what I mean? Like, so there was no fake out ending to just extend it. It, it was distinctly set into three acts, this movie. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can see where the acts are as you're watching it. You're like, oh, there's that bit gone. You know. Yeah, but it felt it was right. I liked the slower moments, the times that they took to actually like let him stand and look around and think about something or whatever. I like all that. So All right. So thank you to Amazon for letting us watch this. Next week's movie review will be Spiral. It's from the Book of Saw, Sid Talk. Okay. So The Book we'll... of Saw, S A W? Yes. Okay. It isn't like, you know, it's a uh it's from not the book of, of Saw. Okay. It's not Saw 8 or whatever, how many they're up to. Okay. I don't know what that what you're talking about, but okay. I don't know if that means it's a spin-off or it means it's a separate story, but it's within that universe. Mm. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Because uh, it better be, because I've not watched all the Saw movies, so I won't <laughs> know what's going on otherwise. So movie recommendations, I am going on the theme of this movie. And my first one is because Betty Gilpin is in this movie, and she's also the lead of The Hunt which is really good, The Hunt. I liked it a lot. I'll go with The Hunt. And my second one is Chris Pratt was actually in a movie called Her. Do you remember that one? Yes. Yeah. The one He actually won an Oscar. It's the one about the AI companion. He was in that? He was actually in it, yeah. Um, I looked. He won an Academy Award for that movie. He did not. Oh, I didn't think so. But he was in it as a guy in it. He was like one of the, you know, his friend, hmm. the main guy. What's he called, the main guy? I don't remember now, but I know what you're talking about. Not Casey Affleck. It's, uh, Mm -mm. you know, Joaquin Phoenix. Yes, it was. Well, he was in that. And her, I... When I was looking down the list, I was like, that was a really good movie and like kind of impactful. And I always remember it. Um, I disagree with you, but hey, that's the uh, that's the idea. Isn't so it? The Hunt and Her, which are two very different movies for two very different kind of audiences. Uh, very. <laughs> and my recommendations are me going back to the 80s. We're now up into 1982. And uh, it's not recommendations like, hey, you should watch this because it's great. It's just my list of recommendations from the list of movies I remember having seen in my life. There could be others I don't recall. In fact, some of the ones on the list I don't fully recall, but I know I've seen them. So these two are Death Trap, which I remember loving. It was on HBO, and HBO was my source of movies as a teenager, and I would watch it, well, I could probably do 16 to 20 hours of HBO at a time as a teenager. That's how much I liked watching television. And uh, of course, they would replay whole sections, like five movies, and then they'd start them over and then start them over. And I probably watched this about 20 or 30 times. It's Christopher Reeve, you know, Superman and Michael Caine. I don't know it. Oh, well, you might actually like it. And the other one is not one that I probably watched more than once, Conan the Barbarian. I've watched that more than once. (laughs) I I believe it. It's not great, though. It's not great. But it's kind of iconic if you're from the 80s. Absolutely. All right, so Ace Gully stuff. I've been playing more Persona 5. Sid Talk's watched me play some more, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You asked me, this is, the que- this is a direct question from Sid Talk. What kind of game is this? <laughs> and this? I said it just like that. What yeah. kind of game is this? And uh, I said, it's an RPG. Now, why were you asking what kind of game is this? Have you not seen a game like this before? Well, it didn't fall in, it didn't seem to fall in any category because there's a, a lot of like nothing happening, like a lot. Now, you, you may not think that because you're playing it, but if you're watching it or listening from a distance, 
there's a lot of conversations and then yeah. you there's a lot of cool stuff on the screen. It's like graphics and comic book looking stuff and like kitschy, I'm assuming very popular trendy things, you know, in this genre, I guess. Well, it's anime, yeah. But then I saw you, there was a bad guy and you dealt with it. But then I'm like, what the fuck are they, what are they doing? What is going on? This isn't like we've got a good guy battling the bad guys. We've got a group of teenagers who question everything and then not question everything. But I mean, they're always like, I don't even know. That's why I asked. I couldn't even understand what was going on. But I have explained the story along yes, the way. Yes, but the story doesn't make it a type of game. Right. Well, it is an RPG because okay. it's like, it's about leveling up and... There is a lot of story in it, though. You're right. Sometimes you're doing nothing for like an hour. You're just going through like today when I played a session earlier, it was exam week at school. So I was going to classes and answering questions like every day and trying to beat my, ex you know, win the exams at the end of the week. Uh, and that win the exams. Yeah. You know, like a game of exams, like making the exams a game. OK, but there's a different question every see, day. You can see why I asked the question. So what I had to like go big because the idea is it's like a high school simulation as well as like this supernatural kind of RPG. So you kind of these things don't fit together. So you're managing like <laughs> this crazy like video gamey like RPG and you're also managing like relationships with other students and your exams and managing your time because he has a part time job and there's all kinds of things. It's a huge do. commitment. And I'll be honest, I don't find it that interesting. So that's why I don't sit and really watch you do it a lot. I so. find it really extremely interesting. And I the story is really hooking me. I know. I'm probably like 20 hours in maybe, if that. They're saying it's 140 odd hours long. So I mean, got to give it to them. That's some that's some value. Because <laughs> you know how much it cost? No. Free. Oh, you mean to buy it? No, I don't. Yeah, it was on PlayStation Plus, so it was actually negligible amount of money. So I'm enjoying it. I'm playing it because it's free. The other game I played a little bit of this week is Resident Evil 8. I know what Resident Evil is. I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> so I played the opening, basically, on my PC earlier this week, and uh, I've got to this village. The actual, it's not called, it is called Resident Evil 8, but it's the V and then the three ones, right? Right. So if you put the Resident Evil and then the V and then the, a one and a one and a one and the age on the end is village, Resident Evil village. Okay. So that's the fancy name for it. And... I got to this village, and this village, which I've just arrived at, and I'm very, very barely into it, appears to have a werewolf problem, which is new for Resident Evil, you know? Yeah. Resident Evil's not usually werewolves, let's say that. So, yeah. No, but it's zombies, so. It is. And I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming there will be some zombies at some point, an Umbrella Corporation, and all that kind of thing. But right now, it's about werewolves. So... I'll tell you more about it as I play it. What else did we play? Uh, oh, no, I didn't play anything else, but we did finish watching Loki this week. And what a great series that was. Very fun. Yeah, very fun. Really fun. And I just like anything Marvel. And I think that how, how does it compare to like WandaVision and, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier? But they're all so different mm -hmm. and they're, they've all got a lot of fun to them. And I, I can't really say which is my favorite. I like them all. So he the next, really, really, really does. Now, the next Marvel thing on Disney Plus is called What If, and it, it's out next month, and it's the next thing in their TV shows, and it's an animated TV show, and it's a What If scenario. You see what I'm saying? I know what those words mean, yes. Yes. The little clip I saw was 
there was a, like, not a Captain America, a female Captain America. And I think she might have been Agent Carter turned into a Captain America. It's got crazy stuff going on anyway. So what if is coming soon? Oh, it's crazy that Captain America could be a woman. <laughs> is that well, what you're yes. saying? <laughs> All right, what's for dinner? Uh, we're going to do Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's. Unless you want pasta. But last night we had... And I'm just saying this because I love food and it's just the way it is. We're vegetarian. That's why we tell you what we eat because people think as we keep discovering even after a, we, you know, we stopped eating meat in 2009. Correct. And still people, when we see references to people being vegetarian or not eating this meat. This movie had a vegetarian yes, joke. Yes, it's all negative and it's, it boggles my mind. Here's a news flash for you. Just because someone says they don't eat meat, because we don't eat meat, but we eat eggs and dairy, right? So we're not vegan. Even if you are vegan, even if you think about this for vegans, all vegetarians are not animal rights activists. We're not all out trying to save the planet. We're not all out there, you know, telling everyone not to eat meat. I couldn't give a shit if you eat 50 pounds of beef a day. I couldn't even, I couldn't care any less. I would maybe be concerned about your health, <laughs> that you're eating so much of anything, but... You need to get out of your brains, all of you, and I'm talking to whoever thinks this, that being vegetarian means anything. It means fuck all. It doesn't mean anything. It just means we don't eat meat. That's it. I did it for health reasons, right? For pain control many, many years ago. It seemed to do the trick. I don't have to take painkillers all the time. I don't know if that, I mean, might just be coincidence, but I don't even care because do you like doing the vegetarian life thing? It's just normal to me. Like, it's just what I do. but I mean... Think of all the things we've eaten that we never would have eaten. We were on such a, you know, you have a burger and then you have a steak and then you have some chicken and then the stuff that goes with it. And there was, I'm not arguing that that's delicious, but we never would have tried all the cool things we've tried in the last 11 years. So, and then we also like junk food. So we like Jimmy John's. We like Impossible Whoppers. We like cake and cookies and ice cream and all that shit. It's nothing. It's nothing to be vegetarian. Like it has no effect on the other people. We support lots of farmers because we buy lots of vegetables and grains, right? Because bread's not an animal. Correct. So I just find it hilarious that people still, and not just still, but I mean, in the world, it's still a thing. It's very weird. If you really think about it, it's extremely weird. It's unnatural even for you to care that I don't eat dead animals. Like it's very weird. And what's your advice? And let's get out of it. My advice is, and this is going to sound morbid to some people, so be prepared. It might be triggering or make you sad, and I apologize. And I don't apologize very often, but I do understand this one. I've been thinking lately, like, when I retire from my job in just a couple of years or so, probably we won't be staying in this house. I'll be finding a less expensive house somewhere, somehow. So there's going to be a move involved at some point in my life. Who knows when, right? Or I'm going to die. Well, I mean, we're all going to die eventually. When I die, subtract the, the moving idea, but if I were to die tomorrow, someone has to go through all my shit, all of it. Every drawer, like this one, in this desk, full of, I mean, just weird shit that we all pile up, right? We all have drawers and closets and boxes and garages and attics that are full of just stuff that when we die, someone we love comes along and opens that drawer and they have to mull over every object, every single object, every hairpin, every earring. And I decided, what if I just start doing my death sort now? 
on some level, right? So I decided I was in the bathroom, going to the toilet, and I looked around. And I thought, yeah, my bathroom closet could use a good clean out. Like it could anyway, because why not? So I'm sorting and sorting. I like find one flip flop, like a shoe flip flop on a shelf. I don't recall putting that flip flop there. I don't know where it came from. I don't know why I would have put it on a shelf without its companion. But if I were not here and someone were to come along sorting through all my stuff, you might be like, oh my God, maybe we should find the other one. Like, did she love these shoes? Why did she put this on the shelf? And all, all the while they're crying, they're grieving, they're sad. They're laughing at this weirdness, but they would have to deal with it. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to like clean out my own weird stuff. And I found all kinds of stuff, empty cans of hairspray and dried up mascara, broken safety pins, you know, shit like that, that doesn't need to still be laying around in my house at all. So I'm on this thing now, the death sort, hashtag death sort, as my friend put in my Facebook post, which is funny. It doesn't really exist, but so every week I'm going to pick an area or a place in my house, a drawer or part of the garage, because that's a big one, and just do the same thing. Clean it out like everything that I if if it takes me more than five seconds to decide, oh, what, what am I going to do with this? It's gone. It's well, out. hopefully you get it all done before you're dead. Exactly. But if I don't, then I've put this out into the world. I've put it on the Facebook for all the people who do love me. And uh, so they'll they'll laugh about it when they're going through my my stuff and be like, oh, remember when she posted that thing about sorting out all her stuff before she died? Well, <laughs> she didn't get the garage done. <laughs> so that's it. Think about it. Think about all those nooks and crannies of your life where someone, even if you were to become ill, or like I said, we're going to be moving eventually in life. I'll have to go through it then. Why not just start now, right? If you want to put a nicer, happier spin on it. Right. That's it. So that's it. Death sort. Hashtag death sort. All right. So go to ascully.com and you can listen to this podcast. There are 693 episodes so Damn, far. Damn, we've been consistent. Go to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram for social media stuff. Ascully.com. Anchor FM. Anchor.fm slash after the show is the official home of the site of the podcast. And email me at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't like you very much. That isn't true. Stay classy, Mr. Christopher Pratt from The Tomorrow War. And please come back as Mr. Star-Lord <laughs> for the next movie. Thank you. And I'm going to say, think for yourself. Because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. <laughs>